Hello, 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 hello. Good morning. Wait a few minutes for people to trickle in before I start talking. Got a new Substack piece. I'm going to post this in the chat. Got a big ass head. Angle too. It does. It does not help because it goes straight to the head, and the body is like in the background. So it, it does make me look a little thinner, but it also uh, makes my already big head look so much bigger. I'm a uh, I'm a guy that has a hard time finding hats. Sometimes I love flex fits, and I love um, well, I love flex fit. I'll just leave it at that. I like flex fits. I don't like fitted so much because I get that perfect fitted baseball cap, put it in the in the wash, and then it doesn't fit me anymore. Thankfully, I have a child whose head is well, he's he's nine, so you know he can deal with a smaller hat. But also, his his head is a little more proportional to his body than me. Um, and that's a problem too with when I lose weight is that uh, my head just look, starts looking bigger. I honestly don't care. I got a big, beautiful head. Don't mind sharing it with the world, but, you know. It's hard to find hats. That's, that's, that's my bottom line. That's what sucks. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this uh, short essay. Dust Bowl, thank, thank you for coming in so early. I appreciate you. Yeah, I... Um, segment called morning america good because uh, america is a lie and i know like I, I said that i was gonna not do political content as much before but you know i think that uh talking about thanksgiving and what i like to actually call thanks taking thank you uh and an activist i met years and years and years ago um for for giving me that line um, her name is escaping me, but her impact, uh, remains. Thank you for streaming in Jerusalem time. Oh, no problem. Danarchist. Good to see you. What's happening. It's uh Thanksgiving morning. M O U R N I N G. Cause, uh, Thanksgiving is not a celebration. It's, it's a fucking funeral March. And I think this goes beyond politics, you know, like, even though I said, like, I'm, I'm going to stay away from politics for a bit. I think that this is an issue that goes far beyond that. Like, you know, we have people that were murdered, uh, not only physically, but their descendants every day are being murdered spiritually, emotionally, and mentally, you know, the whole idea of like second has second, uh, class citizenship. When I talk about the indigenous people, it goes far deeper than politics. You have this dwindling number of people in this, um, you know, living on reservations and uh, or, you know, integrated into mainstream society where they are not treated well. And, you know, and it goes beyond, like I said, it, it goes beyond they're being persecuted politically. It, you know, the entire, entire culture um, teaches indigenous people to hate themselves 
and to think of themselves as a footnote in history books written about the great white men. Bree the Bumblebee, thank you so much for chat for hopping in the chat and the follow. Yeah, the, the genocide, like, you know, this is something that I've, I, I've been on for a long time, is that white liberals, when Trump came to power, that was the best fucking thing for them because it absolved them of all of the inherent racism, sexism, misogyny, really, homophobia, transphobia, all that shit that's in the system. They, they felt, or they acted at least, like that cleaned the slate for them because, hey, at least I'm not as bad as Trump. And, you know, Trump, of course, scumbag, piece of shit, but a lot of white liberals, a lot of liberals, not just white ones, a lot of, I'd say most liberals are kind of scumbaggy when, at least when it comes to politics, they might treat their families well and treat their friends well, but their politics still contain the notion that it's okay to have second hand, second class. I keep saying second hand, maybe I can work that into a metaphor later. But, you know, the system that's liberalism is the whole idea that the system works. We just need to make a little tweak, few tweaks around the edges and uh, things will be OK. And it's bullshit. Like, you know, we have an entire system that was built on the murder and genocide of indigenous people and the free labor of black people. We saw it again in Canada with the RCMP's raiding the coyote camp on the yeah, exactly. It is not okay to treat anyone as subhuman. Absolutely. Although I will say I treat Nazis as subhuman. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's 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 based upon your behaviors and not who you are. You know, you could be, you know, a white Aryan person or whatever, you know, they, they call it and be a decent human being. And like, yeah, you shouldn't be treated like a subhuman. But like Proud Boys, I got no love for Proud Boys. I got no love for any of those people. I got no love for the, the liberals that keep us in this fucking situation. Um, you know, like I said before, like, I'm not morally opposed to the death penalty, but the way the death penalty is been carried out, uh, not just in America, like in America, it specifically was a way of committing genocide upon um, mainly black people and black and brown people who don't have the same opportunities that middle class and uh, higher class people do, Pre predominantly white people. And that, that's why I love, you know, streaming and, and talking these issues out and having a chat here is because I could post this shit on Twitter and just fucking piss off everybody because I have to, like, be very concise and like, oh, white people aren't so bad. It's like, yeah, I'm not saying every individual white person is, is a fucking Nazi, but the ones who are can go kick rocks. And the ones who aren't, you got to tell your brethren, go kick rocks or pop them in the face, you know? In Minecraft, doesn't that go directly to what Karl Popper? Danarchist, can you explain that? I've read some Popper, but I don't know what you're specifically what you're referencing, and I'd love to to learn. I'd love to learn. I like Karl Popper, uh, but yeah, I never got a deep dive into him. Um, his is his writings. I mean, I'm not talking about fucking Karl Popper. Uh, <laughs> I'm still me. I still got to make the sex jokes. <clears throat> So, I mean, I think this is kind of rolls into a lot of my feelings on what happens on social media this time of year between Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. Um, holidays, I should say, right? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I only say happy holidays to people I know it pisses off. I don't mind saying to a person I know for a fact is Christian, 
Merry Christmas. I'll say that. That's their that's their holiday. That's their holiday. Just like if I know for a fact someone celebrates Hanukkah, I'll say Happy Hanukkah. I won't say Happy Holidays. But if you're the type of person who's going to get your panties up in a bunch because I say Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not saying everyone should be like me, but, like, I don't mind pissing off the right people. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't really uh, avoid conflict when I feel like uh, it may be necessary. And, you know, this time of year... Everyone's posting these memes and these ideas about how, um, you know, how to deal with your family when you're you're eating with them and, you know, sharing a meal during the holidays and they, they're off on some stupid MAGA shit or something. You got here, fuck racism. That is absolutely fuck racism. Um, but yeah, racism is just, it's a surf, it's surface level. Well, no, I shouldn't put it that way. Bigotry is kind of surface level. We need to get deeper. We need to get deeper. We need, you know, we need people, first of all, you know, like white people who hate themselves uh, will often find scapegoats. And, you know, those who have like no real community will find themselves maybe in like white supremacist type groups. But then you have um, the liberal, to, to quote uh, the robbers in that All in the Family episode the liberals and they they just don't know what the fuck to do me too i don't mind merry christmas but i say happy holidays anyway i don't know to be inclusive that's that's totally fair and um let's see during christmas i might get flagged to be honest i google a lot of hate groups yeah i you know i mean that's that's it's been an obsession of mine since i was a kid like i was you know involved in the punk scene when i was very young and I always wanted to know more about these these people that we were fighting all the time. You know, the Nazis, the you know the neo Nazis, I should say. Uh, Anti racist action does a really good, and for like thirty years, have done a really good job of documenting who these neo Nazis are, and um, you know, in some cases, doxing them. Uh, which you know, like I said before, like you know. You know, Bree and I were talking about how, like, you know, no one deserves to be subhuman. I totally agree. But I think when your whole ideology and the actual behaviors you put out in the world treat masses of people as subhuman, you know, then that, then I think some of the rules kind of come out the window. So what, what ARA would, would do to the Nazis, like, I was never directly part of it, but I always supported it. And, you know, when we had our punk shows, if a Nazi would show up. Um, you know, I would be part of that gathering of people that would surround them and tell them get out through the door or the window. And <laughs> I tell you, strength in numbers meant most of the time they went out walking out the door. They didn't have to go out through the window. And I was never one that was really into the direct VO uh, Minecraft violence, whatever you want to call it. But I was there in case shit really hit the fan. And thankfully, like, in my little scene, shit never hit the fan too hard. Um, punk is good. Yes. Check out a band called Stalin, Japanese punk band for me. Oh, I got to check them out. That's pretty spicy. They call themselves Stalin in the 80s. Jism. Okay, Jism is, is beautiful. I know G-I-S-M. Yeah, they fucking rocked. 
Nazi punks absolutely fuck off. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is something that, like, I'll talk about this. Um, not to get on too much of a tangent, but I got this tattoo here. Um, the boot, the dock, I got at uh, when I was at the fest in Gainesville. And it was, they were doing a flash sale on tattoos. And they, I wanted something to commemorate my time there. It was just a beautiful moment for me. I met a lot of people that I, I've never met in real life and made a bunch of new friends. Um, after being kind of an agoraphobic mess for a year during pandemic, year and a half. Um, so this was very symbolic. And then it was small, though. So I got this Fred Perry uh, wreath of laurels around it to kind of beef it up a bit. And I wanted to get yellow trim on it because one thing that I've been doing since a kid is every time I got new black docks, I'd put yellow laces in them. And it started out as a bit of a troll because when a bunch of my... Uh, Friends and acquaintances became skinheads, some of them good skinheads, some of them the bad kind. They were all putting white and red laces and shit in their boots. And they're like, this is all symbolic. So I'm like, well, you know what? Asian pride, motherfucker. I got yellow laces in my boots. And I've been doing it now for like 25 years. So when I went to get the tattoo, I wanted yellow trim on my laurels. And the tattoo artist went up to the woman working reception and was like, is this guy a fucking proud boy? And I overheard it. So I walked up to him I'm like, dude, 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 no, 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 no. And I explained to him like, you know, it's an Asian thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, they're Asian proud boys. I'm like, well, I'm not one of them. I'm the opposite of them. And he's, and then he just said like, you know, you're going to go out in the world and you're going to have to explain that maybe every day to people. And I didn't, I didn't agree with him. Uh, well, first of all, I don't mind explaining shit to people. I don't mind. I know I could sit down and talk to people and uh, they'll, they'll get it. And maybe they even come back from it with an interesting story about my life. But he is also a tattoo artist who tattoos people all day. And he, he probably knows better than I do about how others react to tattoos. So instead of fighting him on it or going to another shop, I'm like, yeah, make it. And I just told him, make it look beautiful. I'm just going to trust you. And uh, he did. Like, you know, my idea was to initially to make it like solid black with yellow trim. He made it all shaded and beautiful looking. So tomorrow I'm getting another tattoo on the inner bicep from him. So this guy, Mario at Great Lakes Tattoo. Plug, plug, plug. Give me some, give me a discount now uh, for my, for my six viewers who I just advertised to. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Feel like grind. Oh, I love grind. Um, I will say I don't need recommendations because I know a lot of good grind stuff, but I would love to learn of more good stuff. So please, please hit me up in the chat, uh, forever broken soul with your grind, um, recommendations. I like both. I love Essek, um, you know, which were like, I mean, they, they were real originals. Like they were doing anarchist shit in the death metal scene in, uh, Florida, which, you know, I mean, it, it, they, they built an audience, obviously, but also that was really against the status quo. The status quo in the death metal scene were longer songs, apolitical, kind of misogynist, to be quite honest, a lot of it. And they were, you know, hyper, you know, woke anarchists. And I love them at band. Um, and they wrote songs that were like 30 seconds to maybe a minute long. Black metal actually has a lot of good anti-fascist bands. I'm kind of like... When it comes to black metal, I like Neckbeard, Death Camp. I like a lot of the anti-fascist shit. 
but I also kind of would rather listen to stuff that's just not political. Like I don't listen to Burzum, uh, even though I think they're, the, the music that that guy makes is pretty decent. I just I have no love in my heart for that motherfucker, so I don't listen to like that that kind of shit. Um, and it's not like a boycott. Like I don't think that my not listening to Burzum is going to you know impact that piece of shit. But um, I uh, I just don't need that in my life. But um, yeah, I mean that's the way. Like Burzum is okay, but I can also name probably ten bands that sound uh, just like Burzum that they're not fucking murderous Nazis. Rampancy is amazing. I gotta check that out. Aslick is like, yeah, they're they're the they're the granddaddies. They're the the OGs. I love Dark Throne, and I know that they're they're douchebags in real life. Um, maybe not Nazis, but they're definitely douchebags. But I still Dark Throne. I even love their old death metal shit a lot. Anti fash band, Bowl of Apis, Bowl of Bronze. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, and there's just so much black metal that, like, you don't, I don't feel the need to listen to the bands that I know would want. Well, I mean, I think they'd all want to kill me on some level because they'll send them to Valhalla. But, uh, you know, the, the Nazi Nazi ones, like, I, I have nothing to do. Yeah, Fenris is such a douche, but, um, you know, I mean, I don't listen to Dark Throne for political um, or any of those bands. Mayhem, like, I don't listen to any of that stuff their political uh leanings i listen to them because they're fucking the darkest of the dark and like when i'm feeling depressed i love listening to black metal when i'm happy i like listening to black metal but um you know it's it's kind of like it's it's the blues for uh scandinavian white boys like you know these were kids you know they were kids when they all started this shit who just felt really bad about themselves and they wanted to put out stuff that you know other people could connect with and we all know about, you know, all of us who are Bernie fans and how you talk about Denmark. Like, we know things are pretty good. Oh, my God. USA, hold. thanks for the raid. This is perfect because I'm almost going to get to my point. But right now we're just talking about music, which is fucking dope. Operation Volstoid is basically anti-fascist burism. I got to check that out. I like, oh, you know, y'all got to check out sometime. Maybe I'll watch it on stream one day. Is uh, the one-man metal um three-part documentary that noisy vice makes usa hole thanks again for bringing your your uh your followers to me i appreciate you sharing your folks with me were you streaming like over overnight because it is early here in chicago era say what thanks for the follow if roe v wade gets overturned could we just go to the state the state and legalize it that way that we'd have to i mean that would be like you know, we would basically have to redo. I'm not. I'm not a lawyer, but like that's basically how marriage equality happened in this country, or gay marriage is what we called it before the liberals took over the messaging. Um, was it was a state by state thing, and then it got to the point where it's like, well, it was overwhelming, and it, you know, and and it would affect capital. Like if every gay person in Alabama or every gay couple in Alabama went up to Chicago um to get married it would hit their bottom line and i think it's it's going to be similar it has to be similar with abortion um by the way i'm not pro choice i'm pro abortion because abortion is healthcare 
people's bodies are their own. They have the right to it. I think abortion is a good thing. I think it's uh, it was a stride in, in medicine when they found ways to make abortion safe. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I wasn't talking about abortion, but yeah, I definitely have thoughts on it. I'm, I'm very, very pro-abortion. And also part of the reason why I say pro-abortion is I think the liberals, when they took over the messaging on it and called it pro-choice, they gave the right a big gift because now what are they saying about the fucking masks and the vaccines? They're saying my body, myself, they're saying, you know, it's my body, my choice. And what they're leaving out of all that is that if people aren't wearing masks and or getting vaccinated, it's other people's lives that you're impacting. It's not just your own. Abortion is completely different. Abortion is a personal thing. It's, you know, Bill Clinton, when he was running for office, said that abortion should be safe, uh, available, and rare, which is fucked up, the last part, because it is not up to a politician to make abortions rare. It's up to the person who is, who is pregnant, and to a certain extent, their doctor can tell them, uh, you know, whether or not it's safe and like provide them options for the safest possible way of, of terminating a pregnancy. So when politicians say they want abortion to be rare, that's misogyny. That's the misogyny in the fucking system. And you have to be clear, I think, about it. You know, when, um, when they're abolishing slavery, they weren't saying like, you know, you know, enslaved people have the right to choose to be slaves or not. No, they said, fuck slavery. We're ending slavery. And we're going to have half the country fight the other half of the country um, for that reason. Ice Cube don't vet. Ice Cube is fucked up, man. Like our friend. I, uh, I love Ice Cube's music through the 90s. And I love NWA. But um, Ice Cube's politics are dog shit. Um, let's, I've talked about this before. He's part of ADOS, which is, um, it divides black, uh, black people. And, um, Marcus from left flank, I think he's, he's the guy to talk to about that stuff because he's, he's, you know, he's Jamaican descendant. I'm not that. So I'd rather not, you know, get too detailed into my feelings about ADOS, but, um, yeah, talk to someone who is, um, Talk to someone who uh, is more impacted by this kind of stuff. Truth or love or more a narrative follower? Can you, truth lover or a narrative? Both, I guess. I love the truth. I sometimes just tell tell stories. Um, but all those stories, I think, have lessons in them. At least I try. Yeah, exactly. Banning abortion just makes abortion unsafe is all that it does. Thank you. Abraham was right. Abraham Lincoln, you mean, or Abraham uh, from the Bible? Because I agree on both counts. Um, also a fucking crazy good wrestler. Who was a crazy good wrestler? Abraham Lincoln? I don't, I don't, I, 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 he would probably be a good boxer because he's got that reach. But I don't know about wrestling. I think uh, Douglas may have been able to pin him pretty good. So you are anti-academia. That's kind of reductive, I'd say. I, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, about to work on my second master's. So, uh, by the way, you can help me with that. I'm going to post a link to my GoFundMe. Um, 
I recently was discharged from a full-time psych program and which ended up costing me a lot of money out of pocket, even though I do have insurance and it's making it really hard for me to, um, made it really hard for me to pursue this other endeavor I have right now, which is I'm going to become a social worker. Uh, what I gained out of that program through group therapy, one-on-one -on -one therapy, dialectical behavior therapy, um, changed me in a very positive way. And I'm going back to get my license in social work so I can share what I learned with others. Um, I talk a lot about this stuff on stream about mental health, but I, I really want to have that certificate. So you can't just be like, Kenzo told me this about myself. And then I ended up uh, killing a bunch of people in Minecraft. There are a few rappers with great politics. Okay, Boots Riley, Immortal Technique. Got to listen to the OG's brand Nubian. Um, Wu-Tang has good politics, even though they aren't overt. They are five percenters. So their, their politics have a lot to do with um, supporting people in their communities, supporting people who you know have been traumatized and things like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that's why I say people. I don't say like women when I talk about abortion because men and non-binary and, um, you know, everyone, anyone, any gender expression can get pregnant. Chuck D. Oh my God. Chuck D was the, is the shit. I got to meet him a couple times. And one of the, my favorite memories of meeting him was I was at, uh, he was speaking at Illinois State University in Normal, Illinois. Hope you don't mind I smoke. What are you going to do, arrest me for smoking? And uh, Chuck D, someone in the audience, I think, wanted to show how uh, how down they were. So they're like, well, what do you think about rappers like Will Smith? When he started, he was the Fresh Prince. And then Chuck D, like, his eyes got real he got that 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 stare down for a second there, like he was gonna kill the guy. <laughs> He's like, "Don't talk about Will Smith." He's like, "He may have been a goofy, he may have been in Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but that guy's from West Philadelphia. He got his ass beat a lot, and he beat a lot of people's asses. That guy came up rough, so don't talk shit about him." And the guy that asked the question was like shaking. It was it was one of the most beautiful things I've seen. Memphis rap is amazing. I got to check it out. Suggest some stuff to me. I don't know much Memphis. I don't know much rap from now, really. I don't like a lot of the current rappers. And I think a lot of that is just I don't know who to, who to listen to. I will say this. Machine Gun Kelly can kick rocks. I fucking hate him. Chuck D does have cringe Twitter takes. I will, I will give you that. And then, you know, part of my separating myself from the social sphere of politics has helped me because sometimes your heroes say some stuff that's not so great because they know they can't necessarily spit the real truths on something like social media. And that's part of the reason why I, I stopped using it is people will take one section of something you said and then try to cancel you for it. And this isn't me complaining about cancel culture. It's me complaining about people who are fucking assholes who sit on the internet waiting to um, have moral superiority over someone else. So, um, yeah. So I, I want to talk about Thanksgiving. Um, I think you have to make a choice. 
you have to make a choice. Uh, if, if you do interact with your blood family, which if you do, um, you know, some people have really great blood family. Um, I have great blood family, but we just can't talk politics. It's just, it, I'm just very passionate about what I do and I put myself out there and I organize. So like I take the shit very personally. And then I have people in my family who are in the military. I don't agree with them, but they've put their asses out on the line for something they believe in. I think what they believe in is fake. They think what I believe in is fake. So we're never going to like, we're never going to come to a consensus. We're never going to have a dialectic about it. So if I want to like spend time with my family, we just don't talk politics. I've tried, you know, I've tried throughout my youth and even through my twenties to do it and it just didn't work. So when we do gather around the table, talk about music, talk about movies, talk about art, talk about a lot of different things, but I'm just not going to talk politics with them. And I think that's one path people can take. I think the other path is challenging is challenging people's beliefs. If someone says some anti-vax shit or some pro-Trump shit or anything of that nature, because people are still talking about Trump, even though he hasn't been president for quite some time, almost, you know, a year. Which, by the way, fuck you, Biden. You've had a year. You've had a year to make things better. Yanksgiving, I love that. I love the... Or yoinks, yoinks right? Isn't that the uh, the Simpsons line? Fifex666, thanks for the follow. I love Satan too. I'm not a Satanist, but I do love Satan. Uh, <laughs> Wanksgiving, Thanksgiving, uh, Hanksgiving, you know, all that shit. Um, but yeah, the other path I think you need to take is challenging. And you have to choose what works best for you. Well, I mean, there's three, there's three options. There's not talking politics. There's challenging them. And um, trying to, to move them or at least have them see another way. Or don't spend any fucking time with them because it's a stupid fucking holiday. It's a stupid fucking holiday anyway. It is exactly that. It's, it's, it's a lie we were taught. You know, I'm 42. So I was taught the whole kit and caboodle of the lies. I, um, I was taught, you know, of course, Christopher Columbus was a great man who convinced the the Spaniards, you know, Italians can talk. Italians can they they can sell they can sell something. Convinced the uh the Spanish to give him money and he had these three beautiful ships with these beautiful names and came and um hugged hugged the, the, the fucking indigenous people and uh Zykazun all as well he discovered America on accident. Um and then years later the pilgrims were like we're being persecuted by the Anglican church. What they never told you, even though they, they kind of told you, but they never made the connections for you in school is that like, you know, you look, you fast forward a little bit after that and the Salem witch trials happened. The reason why the fucking pilgrims came to America is because they were fucking too conservative for the Anglican church. Henry VIII is like, let's, let's have divorce happen. And, and the Pope is like, no, we can't have a divorce that happen. Or I don't know if it was Polish at the time or whatever. Um, but I'll, I'll use the Italian accent. Um, we can't have a divorce. The nuclear family is so important. Aye. And then, you know, the Anglican church was formed basically so people can have divorces. And, you know, the, the pilgrims were like, no, we don't want divorces. We want to beat our kids into submission and have them not talk at the dinner table and, 
you know, have them carry that trauma and then re-traumatize their fucking kids. So those were the pilgrims. Those are the people that we were taught to idolize. So of course they massacred the Indian, the uh, natives, the, the indigenous people. Of course they fucking enslaved people because they felt like they were the only good people. They were going to go to heaven because they don't get divorces and they don't fuck good and they don't uh, smoke or drink. So this land, this country was born on these, you know, this nation, I should say, because the land itself was not, you know, intrinsically con conservative. But like, you know, these assholes come over here to to found a country on Puritan values. And of course, like the founding fathers diverged very hard from that, but they still inscripted a nation that held those fucking values. Uh, you know, of course, we all know Thomas Jefferson was a scumbag. George Washington was a scumbag. The list goes on and on. Uh, everyone loves that one story about the one founding father here. They didn't own slaves. And, you know, you want a cookie? You know, it's like, I think that's a bare minimum. Not owning other people doesn't make you a good person. It makes you normal. I don't know. Let's see here. Gonna lurk for a bit. But once again, fuck the USA. Absolutely. Do you know why Satan witch trials happened? I, I know a story. I know stories about it. But Abattoir, if you have some other insight, please share in the chat. I love learning. We all love learning in here. Um, so I think those are like the choices you have. And like you can just avoid Thanksgiving altogether. Just hang out with chosen family. One thing I used to do as a kid was, uh, not as a kid, maybe more of as a teenager, was after you'd have your Thanksgiving dinner with your folks and you, you know, everyone was asleep. I would hop in a car with a bunch of my friends and we'd all hang out at this TA truck stop and just um, decompress, you know, drink coffee and decompress about fucking how it all went. Follow the money widowers with no male heir in their family. They had a problem. The widow was suddenly, uh, uh, huh. Yeah, abattoir. That's that's a good insight. Oh no, no, I'm here. I'm I'm actually here. I'm just using the the app restream. <laughs> yeah, it's just the app is called restream, but I'm actually here today. Uh, I'm gonna repost this later on YouTube, and that's that's gonna be a restream. Um, but yeah, I'm here. Like, see, ah, I can pinch myself, and I don't wake up. <laughs> So, yeah, another piece of it is, so I'm reading this book. Oh, I got I actually have the copy here. I'm going to show you the cover. Trauma and Recovery. This is about essentially um, the, uh, the way in which people who have lived with a lot of different trauma or sustained trauma in their lives People like us, you know, because I, I am, I have this CPTSD, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, our brains are wired differently. We have to find ways to work through looking at the world in a way that actually fits in with our values and not within our feelings. Because sometimes our feelings can be too much and they get us to act uh, out of pocket. So um, the, there's chapters in here on combat veterans, on Holocaust and concentration camp survivors, um, and also the Salem witch trials they, they mention in here. Let's not forget about Anglo-Saxon mission, of course. Uh, by the way, my high school's mascot were the Saxons. I always found that deeply, deeply disturbing. Um, 
it was, you know, a bunch of racist people at school, so it made sense. But, you know, this book here, you know, it also explains how um, the idea of, of possession and, you know, what was once, or it, it was, you know, once people like us were um, diagnosed with uh, multiple personality disorder. And that stemmed from a time when we were just um, diagnosed as uh, being possessed, you know, people would dissociate, they'd have night terrors, all these things are symptoms of uh, CPTSD. Um, you know, we would have uh, crying fits out of nowhere, what would seem like out of nowhere, we'd be triggered by something. Um, but like the real sense of triggering, not just being offended, but like deeply like something reminded us of a trauma in our past. And that kind of puritanical upbringing is traumatic, especially for women. So people would say, oh, you're possessed and they would do exorcisms or they would ultimately kill you. Men own their wives just saying times have changed. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And like, I think we're in this period now where some men feel as if they still own their wives and there's a lot of resentment there. And I think that's where a lot of this MAGA shit emerges from is, you know, white male, uh, middle-class or upper-class or rich feeling like they're losing something because, um, oh shit, there's an ad. Well, I'm sorry for that. I'll be right back after this ad. Da, na, 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 na. Mm -hmm. oh, 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 oh. So I just hummed the Jeopardy theme during the ad. So you didn't miss too much, but yeah, that puritanical upbringing was so traumatic for so many. Um, <laughs> please subscribe people too. Uh, I would really appreciate it. But if you can, I also understand it. Um, if you need to use an ad blocker in Minecraft, that's fine as well. I'm not offended. <laughs> Some shit. Chick for her whole woman belongs to the kitchen attitude. And, you know, I don't want to harp on this too much because the majority of abusive relationships are the man being abusive to the woman. But as someone who's been in abusive relationships being the abused, like, um, it's complicated and it does sometimes swing both ways. And being a man in a, in a, being abused in a relationship is hard because no one wants to believe you because it does overturn people's um, views on how abusive relationships work. I watched my father beat the hell out of my mom. Yeah, and, you know, back then it was like, well, we got to keep these conflicts within the family. And the reason why is, you know, if we want to talk about the political uh, underpinnings of all this, it, it's the, the nuclear family upholds um, neoliberalism. It upholds capitalism. Even before that, the idea that like men were out creating wealth for the work for the I'm sorry, for the ruling class and women were in the kitchen providing the reproductive labor so the men can go out and um, and earn a living and the women would raise children to eventually go out and either earn a living or become caregivers if they're women. Um, you know, it, it was a way for a, um, 
the capitalists to not consider housework actual labor and not actually contribute wages for that. And, you know, Sylvia Federici, you got to read. Y'all got to read Sylvia Federici. She, she wrote um, Wages for Housework. And she really took a deep dive in, in what all that, all the implications and ramifications of that dynamic was and still is. And I think because we are still in this struggling transitional period, even though there might not be as much of the domestic violence that there once was, I think that in some spaces, some, some families, I'm not going to use the word spaces, but some families that domestic violence is just as bad or, or not worse because, um, you know, they're in, they're trying to bring back that old dynamic. And a lot of uh, men who kind of liked having that situation where women were there at their disposal um, feel like they are not only entitled to that, but they have to fight to keep it. When can be especially emotional abuse? My boyfriend was emotionally abused and manipulated by his ex, trying to make him feel, yeah, Bree, thank you so much for um, for sharing that. Um, it's really hard to trust others and even trust yourself after being in an abusive relationship. You start seeing what you think are red flags in other people because people that you get involved with will maybe have some commonalities with your abuser and your um, your senses, your hypervigilance just gets uh, sometimes a little too highly tuned and you push people out of your life that are actually there to, to be, to be good to you. Um, no, I mean, I think lady K, uh, what you're saying is very important because what was happening in the sixties, you know, if you have like a historical materialist view of things, like it all impacts what's happening today. Like, even though it's not one-on-one -on -one the same, um, I think we're, we're definitely feeling impacts of that, of the, of, uh, of the past. And like I was saying before, like some people are very oppositional to all that. Like my, you know, if you look at my folks, I'm 42, but my parents even had me when they were old. So they're very, very old. And my dad's from rural Japan. So a lot of his, um, a lot of his worldviews are extremely divergent from mine for sure. And even that of like mainstream liberal society. Um, and not to say he's like a right winger. He's definitely not. He has politics that kind of go all over the board. Like he's staunchly for gun control and he also supports the death penalty. And, you know, he feels that even though the justice system is broken, we, he, he still feels like that the death penalty should still happen because um, he doesn't see the shittiness of our justice system as being reason enough to change things holistically. Um, the Japanese have a very different, you know, mainstream Japanese culture has a very, uh, I think, warped sense of law. Like, because they're not a religious society, they put a lot of stock in the truth of the rule of law. And that, I think, is... They're also coming to a time when... Um, dynamics are changing and instead of women getting involved in shitty relationships a lot of women in japan now are just not getting married they're putting their career first 
And that is very worrying to old folks out there because they want to see society keep perpetuating. And I think this kind of silent protest in a way, the silent uh, family strike that um, people are doing, you know, it is what it is, but uh, I'm glad to see that things are changing there. Um, yeah, I, I get it, Lady K. Like I, uh, I, I get into some detail about, um, let's see, Cottonmouth 63. Cottonmouth, go, go get yourself a drink. Go hydrate yourself. Get yourself some Gatorade if you got Cottonmouth. Come on. You know, I never understood someone who, like, gets high to, to fucking troll. Like, get high and go out. Walk your dog. You know, play, hang out with friends. Go watch a movie. You know, you're, you're wasting your weed by getting high just to troll people. Like go or go to another chat, go to a go to a MAGA chat or something like that, and just enjoy yourself. If you love Thanksgiving, that's great. Leave us the fuck alone, okay? Good job, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim was kind of a dick. I don't agree. Uh, I'm in Canada, but happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Canada has its own deals. So glad Europe colonized America. Um. Here's the thing, Cottonmouth, you had nothing to do with that. You're sitting on your ass getting high and trolling people in a chat room. So even your, um, even these, these, these founding fathers that you look up to so much, they did the work. You're just sitting on your ass trolling people in a chat room. You're a loser. You know, if, if you're going to be like that, go ahead and colonize something. Go, go, if you are the chosen people, if you are better than us, go and colonize something. You know, don't colonize my chat room. That's fucking pathetic. You know, this this chat room here is full of beautiful, wonderful, intelligent people, and we're trying to have a conversation. If you think the pilgrims did a good thing, make an argument. European Civ is the most advanced Civ in the world. Um, I've only played the American version of Civ, and I'm not a big fan of it. I, I'm not big into those kind of games. I, I like the shooting games better, but uh, thanks for playing, Cottonmouth. Um, <laughs> do you get paid to do this? Oh, Cottonmouth, you're asking. I barely get paid to do this, but uh, maybe Cottonmouth. Uh, you know, honestly, like Cottonmouth, if you're getting paid to do this, I want to talk to your boss. You're not very good at it. We're just laughing at you. <laughs> but like I said, I don't, I don't really play Civ. Um, but if you do, that's wonderful. I didn't know there was a European version of it. Um, but uh, yeah, let, let's move on a bit. Um, so yeah, when it comes to Thanksgiving, like, you know, you can engage with people, you can avoid it completely, or you can, um, not talk politics. Oh, the Civ games are made in the USA. Thankfully, I'm sure they're made by, uh, combat veterans with big dicks and Punisher skulls on their, uh, Jeep Wranglers. Dicks so big you can't fit them on the screen. That's how big their dicks are. And uh, okay, so yeah, I also like this is this is completely this is not unrelated. Um, what do we got here? I wrote a, a short essay. It's actually it's um, I'm so the bill the movie or the sorry the book. A million little pieces. I'm going to start read. I've started reading. And put the that's a link to my uh, Substack essay on this. Um, so a million little pieces came out maybe 
15 years ago, I want to say, and it was like this groundbreaking memoir about this young man who had, um, he was addicted. You know, he had some very bad addiction issues to the point where his life was completely out of control. He got help for himself. He's clean. He wrote his memoirs and it became best-selling. Oprah Winfrey put it in her book recommendations for her book club. The man was doing very well. The author, I should say, was doing very well. And some piece of shit journalists, uh, journalists are pieces. I'm from Chicago. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm always willing to like go off topic to, to, to talk about my Chicago pride. Once I build my studio, you'll see the Chicago flag in here. Um, but uh, yeah, when James Frey, the author, wrote this book, these bullshit journalists came out and they investigated his story and they found that certain things he said were probably not true. And first of all, like, why are the journalists not, you know, at that time, why were they not um, taking uh, the president to task? You know, why weren't they investigating why we were in Afghanistan? Why were they not, why was he not putting, pushing the screws to George W. Bush? That's what fucking journalists do, right? He was picking on an, a recovering addict. And this blew up and people were like, oh, it's a big scandal. Well, let me tell you something. Hunter S. Thompson did not see bats in Las Vegas. He didn't see him, but it was part of his story. It was, you know, the bats were partially his hallucinations on being in a cocktail of very interesting drugs, but also it was a metaphor. Bat country was a metaphor. James Frey wrote a story. He's a writer. He's an author. He has certain artistic license, in my opinion, and in the opinion of a lot of writers and English scholars, you know, um, literature scholars that you can be loose a little bit with the truth when it comes to telling your story because, you know, it's like, you know, when I was a little kid, I asked my mom, why don't people ever go to the bathroom in movies? And she said, why would you watch that? You know, that's not an important part of the story. So, um, you know, that was my deal. Like, you're going to have to, like, make things more interesting for the reader. You can't just tell a chronological story from your life to your death. That's not writing. That's stenography. That's, you know, you might as well be a court reporter at that point. And there's something, not a court reporter, a court stenographer. And I know court stenographers, they're wonderful people, but what they do is not writing. It's transcribing. And the job of a writer, of an author, is not to transcribe their experiences, but to write them in a way that's compelling, maybe has a point, maybe can teach people things. And like people read that book and they got themselves help. They checked themselves into programs. They, you know... They, they made their lives better. There was absolutely no reason to debunk what he had to say. And so now I'm uh, I'm reading it myself. I, I'll be honest. The reason why I never read it in the first place was because it was an Oprah-recommended book. And most of the shit she recommends is total schmaltz. But um, this came out like 15 years ago. I never read it. Now I'm reading it. And uh, he's a great writer, beautiful writer. Um. I don't give a shit if none of all the stories are 100% true. You know, William S. Burroughs didn't really see a monster in a typewriter. You know, the monster was him. Like, it fucking, 
Gregor Vance, or not Gregor Vance, Gregor, uh, his name's escaping me. Metamorphosis, he didn't turn into a bug in real life. He didn't. Probably was experiencing depression, dissociation, alienation, because he was living this, you know, what was a lie. Um, yeah, I mean, a good story is not going to be 100% true. It's not just going to be transcribing the things you say. And part of the reason why I'm bringing this up is I, um, I've been telling a lot of stories about my past because it's been part of my recovery and fuck it. I'm a writer. You know, you write what you know, you write what you do. And I, I told a story, which is hundred percent true about being recruited for a gang when I was a kid and all these people from my past, well, three losers from my past are stalking and harassing me now because they said that that and other stories I say didn't happen. Well, first of all, when I say I was being recruited into a gang, it wasn't like some guy named Little Joker came up to me and said, hey, kid, here's a gun, be in our gang. No, no, it wasn't that simple. When I was like 10, 11, 12 years old, these older boys were trying to get me to steal bikes for them. And, you know, long story short, I eventually, you know, after being harassed by them for months, I ran into the, uh, I guess, kind of the leader. He was definitely the person who had the most respect out of that crew of kids. And I said, look, I'm not stealing bikes. Beat me up if you have to. And he didn't. He's like, fine, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to push it on you. Because at the end of the day, you know, they wanted kids that were excited about stealing bikes to steal bikes. Later on. And this is something that I never unpacked until after I was in, you know, this very serious psych program. I realized that some of those older boys were Latin Kings later on. They were trying to build clout within that organization by recruiting younger kids to do their dirty work. That could have been a path of me to joining the Latin Kings at one point. And so I have these people in my past saying, that never happened to you. The Latin Kings never recruited you. True. True. Like I said, little Joker didn't come to my house and say, here, here, here's a clipboard with a contract. Join the Latin Kings. That never fucking happened. But um, then the reason why this is so important to me is that when I was going through therapy, we were talking about ways in which your men my mental illness protected me in some ways, even if I didn't know it. And my, at the time I thought I was just, excuse the language, this is the language of a middle schooler. I thought I was a big pussy because I didn't want to steal bikes. And I didn't tell my friends about this. In fact, these, these older boys cornered me. They didn't talk to me in front of my other friends about stealing bikes. They would corner me. In fact, one of the guys had a younger girlfriend who was my age and she would harass me at school about stealing these fucking bikes. She's like, Tony is going to fucking kick your ass if you don't steal bikes. And I was scared. I tried my best not to show it, but I was scared shitless. And I wasn't going to my friend's my other, you know, masculine male friends and saying, I'm scared. What do I do? First of all, because I was embarrassed. And second of all, I knew these kids weren't as tough as me and they wouldn't, you know, it would scare them. It would scare them more than it scared me probably. So I, I kept it to myself. And it wasn't until really about a month ago that I unpacked this story and figured out that like this could have been me on a very different path in life, a very bad path in life. In fact, I know for a fact one of those older boys is dead now. The rest are probably in and out of prison or, or whatnot. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm thankful that I was, that the, the leader kid didn't continue pressuring me and strong arming me to do this shit. Like he, 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 he got it. He got it that I didn't want to uh, be on that path. And I think the fact that I looked him in the eye and said it probably carried some weight. I wasn't avoiding him. I wasn't like trying to, uh, you know, hide myself around them. I'm like, okay, we live in the same neighborhood. We're going to have to interact. I need to end this conflict now. And that's what I did. And I'm very proud of myself for, for doing that, even though I didn't know at the time that's what I was doing. Um, and then there's a few other things. Like I came out as being um, queer and not sure of what my gender is, not sure of like how I feel. Like I, I gender's fake. It's, it's a performance. And just having that foundation in my life, and I, and I believe this for, for probably 15, 20 years, that gender is fake. I never really unpacked what that means for me as a person who um, my masculinity was really forced upon me with violence in, in a lot of different ways. So even though I present myself as fairly masculine, I understand that it's performance to a certain extent. You know, most of the time I'm pretty gender neutral, I would say. I just kind of vibe and, you know, I'm here. Like I, you know, I have a shaved head. I know women with shaved heads. I know non-binary people with shaved heads. I know all sorts of different gendered people with shaved heads and beards, you know, although I just have scruff now. Uh, I wear a t-shirt and jeans most of the time. I can't tell you a gender that doesn't wear t-shirt and jeans all the time. So, you know, it's an ongoing thing for me. And I was very public about it. I actually put out a video, which now is on private for, for reasons um, that I'm about to explain. I came out about all this stuff and I don't have a tidy, um, don't have a tidy uh, explanation for how I feel about my own gender and sexuality yet. And I'm also very comfortable with the fact that this might be something that I'm working through my entire life that, you know, it's not going to be neat and tidy, but I have higher self-esteem knowing that I don't quite know what my gender and sexuality really falls on, on these spectrums than I did when I thought I was just a certain way. When I thought I was just a masculine straight male, uh, that was very painful for me because it meant a lot of performance when I didn't want to perform. You know, I'm actually a pretty sensitive person and that sensitivity mixed with Hypermasculinity can lead to some bad shit. It leads to, you know, self-harm and it leads to harm of others. And now just kind of knowing that my gender and sexuality aren't really, they're definitely not mainstream, but I don't really know how to explain it. It's been very empowering for me. And like, even on the gender, I'm sorry, on the, on the pronoun question, I don't know where I, I fit. So I just say he, they now, um, because I don't necessarily want people I love to tie themselves in knots about getting my pronouns correctly because that is not where I, that is not like the um, kind of the North star of my, uh, my gender and sexuality. Pronouns aren't, aren't really that like literally call me she, I don't care. Call me he, they, she, you know, anything that's, you know, I'm not going to like make that stupid helicopter joke, but um, you know, anything that's like a, a, a pronoun, call me, I don't really care. Um, or just call me Kenzo. I actually really like my name. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of the things that my parents gave me that I'm, I love and I'm very proud of. 
Sugar Cigar, thanks for coming. Circuit Overlord, thank you too for both of you for following. And, um, but like, so I came out on this video and this person who I thought was a family friend posted a really nasty comment on there, basically saying I was insulting my family by putting this out there. That because I am in a heterosexual um, family structure, you know, um, yeah, I say, you know, he, they, any usually, or he, they, um, this person felt like I was insulting my family. And this is another way that the nuclear family bullshit is uh, enforced because the person who's, who did this is not a, a chud, not a MAGA. In fact, quite the opposite, a pink pussy hat liberal who like just, I mean, if I had to put a thumb on it, she just hates men. And I don't think that of all people. Like, in fact, I think socialist feminists are the, the most brilliant people in the world. But pink pussy hat liberals are fucking conservatives at, at heart. You know, they were the same motherfuckers that were like, me too, but vote for Biden. Me too, but, you know, Joe Biden is a good man. You're like, fuck that, you know, stand up for something. So she and, like, some of her, like, suburban friends are on this crusade now to like basically say that I'm a piece of shit because I question my place in a heterosexual nuclear family. And, you know, I'm still with my wife. I'm still, you know, one of the best fathers that I know to my, my son, he identifies as a boy. So I'll call him a son. Um, and that's all that should matter. You know, the fact that I'm not doing the pomp and circumstance of the nuclear family, you know, trying to fucking make as much money as possible while drowning my sorrows in martinis and, and fucking having gumars or whatever. Like, you know, that to me is the worst. If I were to put myself into this box that doesn't fit me and I hated myself, that leads to some really negative behaviors and hiding those negative behaviors. So that's why I put out that coming out video for, for many reasons. Plus, I just wanted to put it out to the world. I just wanted to say, look, I'm, I'm in a weird place right now, but I'm okay with it. Um, part of it too is like people are reaching out to me because I did have that mental break two, three months ago. And I'm like, I'm actually mentally well right now. <laughs> like I'm actually like doing and saying things as I did when I was in a much better place. Um, but the fact that I'm acting differently to some people means I'm acting weird and you know, they're concerned. People who actually love me are concerned. And, uh, you know, I, I really, I'm trying to reach back out to all as many as possible to let them know, like, I'm good, but I want you still in my life. I still want, you know, I still need friendship. I'm more about how others want to be called. Or yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I am. Like, I'm very protective of others um, because the pronoun thing isn't important to me, but it is important to other people. So I respect other people's pronouns. And if other people do the helicopter joke, I tell them to go fuck themselves with their, with their big ass, you know, punisher dicks. Uh, and their Jeep Wranglers. So, you know, that that's where I'm at with all that. But people really don't want you to tell your story. And if your story contradicts their worldview, what are your thoughts on? Well, that's a weird question. Do you really want my thoughts on black people? My thoughts are that they are the most oppressed people in this nation. The nation was built on their backs. And uh, 
society owns owes them the corporations that profited off of slavery should have to pay reparations people like jp morgan chase the railroads like all of those people that created generational wealth off the backs of black people should not only pay them reparations but they should pay them reparations to the point where they themselves are hurt by it like jp morgan chase should not be sending the dividend checks they do to their shareholders they should be hurting they should be giving that money directly to the black communities that they they fucked over over the years um that i mean that's my view on reparations i don't necessarily think that reparations should be um the revenue should be generated through taxes i think that um wh why are you telling me to shut the fuck up on my own stream steve smith you know loser like go this is your holiday steve smith celebrate eat a turkey a bitch shove the turkey up your ass for all i care you know we're over here because we don't like this holiday we have other feelings Mm-hmm. steve smith you are a garbage ass person i want you to take those breadcrumbs shove them up your own ass and stick your head in the fucking oven in minecraft It was a really long time ago, but the impacts of slavery are still here. And the fact that these companies made investments off of slavery and made tons of money and that generational wealth was put back into their own pockets. Um, and I'm just going to, you're just going to be blocked now. Okay. I, you know, that's just. It's just too much. Like, um, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't hurt me. But um, it's annoying. Just like these bitches that are, like, stalking and harassing me and telling me not to tell my story. And I think this all goes does go back to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the one time a year we all have to kind of lie to ourselves and say the nuclear family works. And eat turkey. Watch football. And then go on with our shitty lives. Minecraft oven. That's awesome. We should Minecraft should make like an easy bake oven so we can I can just like put show it on stream every time these goes guys come like here, have a Minecraft oven. See how far these losers go on a day like today. They have no one that yeah, exactly. Like it's their holiday. They should be in the streets. Like it's not like you know, Juneteenth is the holiday for you know those of us who oppose slavery and oppose racism. So maybe they can get mad at that, but why are they mad on their their myth? On the day of their myth. This is this is racist this is racist Christmas is what this is. Not that Christmas doesn't have a lot of racism baked into it, but at its heart it's not racist. At its heart Thanksgiving is pretty fucking racist. So and like this is also kind of going back to like you have three paths. You can engage you can ignore, um, or you can, uh, you know, um, try to try to fix things. Um, and that's what these these people that are stalking and harassing me can do. They could ignore my stories, 
they can send me a, an email and saying, hey, let's talk about this. I want to get a better understanding of what you're doing. Or just go, you know, just go on with your lives. You know, hang out with with the people that, you know, are idolizing the nuclear family, idolizing capitalism. Go ahead and hang out with them. Spend time with them. Love them. Let's go, Brandon. Who's Brandon? Oh, yeah, that's a meme of some sort. I'm just going to block you. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, honestly, I never really figured out what that meant, but um, I know that it's a, uh, uh, it's some sort of racist shit. So, you know, it's funny too. I mean, I, I'm not gonna get into it, but um, yeah, I just banned him. <laughs> so, like, you know, those are those are options. One option I do not respect at all is when people go on social media and um, and just smear people for no reason. When you know it doesn't make your life any better, it doesn't put more food on your table. It doesn't uh, make you more connected to the people in your lives in a positive way. Like if someone you don't like is saying something you don't like on social media, block them, ban them, mute them, or ignore them. And uh, you know, I'll say my bottom line right now is that the stories I tell are true. They might not be the exact same interpretation I had 20, 30, 40 years ago because I wasn't in therapy 20, 30, 40 years ago thinking about these things. You know, I've been working jobs since I was 14, times in my life when I was working two jobs, three jobs, times in my life when I was working two, three jobs. And in school, I didn't have time to sit and unpack my past. Now I, I've taken a, a little leave from my work. I got through some very intense therapy and my stories are going to be different now than they were when they had happened. Night right there. I don't know if that's a troll or not, but congratulations. I've thought about that before, and I think if I could, I still wouldn't. Um, well, because sex isn't just, you know, I mean, it, it, there's a lot more to it than that. Like, you know, it, it's connection. It's children. It's not about the hanging brain. It's not about the dirty Sanchez. It's about passion and connection. Name the movie. Name the movie. Where are my face? <laughs> Can I post a vid in the Discord? Absolutely. Well, no. No, you can't. Um, if people want to see that, there are millions of websites where you could see that. Why do you have to come in here and talk about that? Like, or at least post it under your own real name. So like we could say, you know, Jason Jackoff can, can do that. At least it's a funny, it, it's, it's kind of a funny troll. It's not racist at least. <laughs> it's, it's a bit on the incel side, but although I guess the incels are uh, no fap. Oh, you, you found a way around no fap by sucking your own dick. I get it now. Ah, you're brilliant. Knight, oh, right there. You're you're a smart person. I, I can I can I assume you're a man? Like I know that not everyone with a cock is a man, but by the way you're talking, I I I, I could really see you just being some some sort of, you know, idiot dude. Um, but but, but pardon me if 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 I'm wrong, 
I guess your coming out triggered a bunch of Nazi deuces. <laughs> Not just Nazis, Katrina, like Nazis, pink pussy hats, random losers. Like, I mean, the common thread of the people that are coming after me are people who hate themselves. And, you know, my, my, my work right now, you know, preaching this book and you know, now going into social work, I'm trying to get people to stop hating themselves. And I think that might be a key to at least cutting back on, um, yeah, the hate watching. I used to do a little bit of that when I was new to Twitch. And I wanted to kind of get a sense of the landscape. And I would I would watch uh, streams of people that I uh, um, didn't agree with or I didn't like the way they carried themselves. And you can only do that for so long before you're like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> it becomes too goddamn much. So, you know, what my plans are for today, I'm going to my in-law's house to eat a bunch of delicious food trying my best not to engage in any politics. I mean, they're not right-wingers. They're, they're, they're mainly liberals and they're nice, great people. But, you know, like I said before about leaving my right-wing family, I just don't engage them in politics because for that re reason, the real... Oh, so yeah, the, the movie I was referencing was 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh, we all know that virginity is a social construct. I know, I know, but it's just a funny, goofy movie. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to check out in a minute here, um, to get my day started. I have a lot, a lot of work at home. I'm, I'm alone at home right now. So I'm, um, going to be working on my basement doing some, uh, remod, well, not remodeling, reorganizing. I'm not that handy. I'm not going to reorganize anything. Uh, so before we all before before I bid adieu, I just want to share one more time. This is my um, GoFundMe, uh, which is helping me get out of mental health debt and also going to help me um, sign up for my first class in the spring uh, to become a social worker. I'm going to be a part time student this spring. Hopefully, I'll get the financial aid I need in the fall to be a full-time student. So I only have to do this program for two and not four years while working and raising a family. So uh, even if you only chip in five, 10 bucks, totally appreciate it. Actually, that um, will help me out far more than um, the Bezos bucks I get from Twitch. Because, uh, you know, if you don't know, um, we only get 50% of our subscription money. So if you can, you know, go to my, uh, go to my GoFundMe and give me five bucks there instead, um, it'll be so much more, well, either way will be very appreciated, but it'll go further for me at least. Cause that's $5 towards books and tuition and paying off this medical debt as opposed to $2 and 50 cents. And if you know, 10, 20, a hundred of you do that, that helps me out a whole lot and you don't have to do it every month. So, uh, that, that's the deal there. Um, let's go ahead and who are, who are some base people on right now why don't we go to a difficult truth do a raid over there i read something recently that said marriage is a social construct and also ooh, well i have a lot of thoughts on marriage that'll be a different stream 
it's uh it is a social construct in that like it is asking for approval from the church or you know religion organized religion and the state and capital to marry someone to you know bring families together like that and back in the day it happened with a dowry it was very uh deliberate and nowadays it goes from it goes through a lot of different things and someone I, I used to be a wedding dj i used to work at a party store a lot of money goes into these weddings and that is capital at work saying you know you are not truly in love with this person if you don't give have a thousand dollar cake a two thousand dollar dj and a twenty thousand dollar haul with some shitty rubber chicken for dinner and rents and tuxes. You know, I think you can show love to people and, and expand your family, your chosen family in ways that don't involve the state and don't involve religion or capitalism. Um, but yeah, like I said, that's a different stream. Um, let's go say hi to a difficult truth. There, a very cool, chill person. And thanks so much for, for hanging out with me and listening to my rants and venting. Um, I'm going to be on the Dan, I Dan Simpson show sometime next week. So please tune into him over there. And then uh, on Saturday, I'm doing Sabbath Cypher here at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. So peace, everyone, gratitude, and please love yourselves. Berg is after money, but he's also completely bananas. I have no idea who that is. And so if we're going to work on this, you know, as a society, if we're going to work on this risk, my only ask is to let's do it efficiently and, and efficiently as possible. Find me the cheapest way to put most CO2 in the ground. Well, actually, wouldn't the most cheapest 